welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am on the unceded land of the Multnomah, Wasco, Calitz, Kathlamet, Clackamas bands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, and many other tribes who made their home along the Columbia River. We acknowledge that the land isn't ours, that we are stewards of it. And there were people stewarding the land before any of the colonizers, myself included, got here. So remember to find other ways of supporting indigenous causes and artists and ways of being in the world. Today, I want to do a check-in. I was thinking about what I wanted to talk to y'all about today. There's so many things. There was a <laughs> there was a crow, a baby crow on the power line in our backyard and I thought maybe I want to talk about that watching its little tentative skinny legs cling to the power line trying to decide if it wanted to try and fly and stretch out its wings and there's so many so many analogies that can be made from that and who knows maybe maybe at the end of today's podcast I will talk about it but I think even more than that I wanted to do a check-in with you. I want to do a check-in with you, with myself, and kind of see how we are. Because everything is changing very rapidly. And kind of how I feel is um, it feels like it's changing, like life is going back to some kind of normal rhythm. And then it'll kind of swing back the other way you know, more towards um, how we've been living. And I know that there are some people out there that have not been able to access the vaccine yet or are living in countries where the rollout of vaccinating people has been very slow. So I, I, I don't want to make any assumptions that everyone who's listening is vaccinated. And I also know that there is racism around getting vaccinated, at least in this country, and who has access to it, and then also um, a terrible track record of being able to trust places um, that would be giving out the vaccine, that they don't have an ulterior motive, because that's happened too. So before we really get into it, I just, I do want to say that I know that Not everybody is safe yet. And I know that (laughs) safety is also an illusion. So there's that. But for those of you that are or feel like, you know, some things are returning to maybe how you remember them, I think it's important in those moments to check in. How are you doing? What are you feeling? Are you holding stuff in your body? Um, because it's, it's very easy to move into routine again. And I'm not saying 
you know, moving into routine is bad. I've just been saying, and I'm not alone in this, it's not me shouting out into the void, um, but I've been saying, much like many others, since the beginning of this, that the normal is not good enough. The normal that we have, and I'm sure it is not limited just to the United States, but the normal that we have is tilted very strongly for white people. The access, the, you know, the wage gap, the white supremacist laws, you know, all those things. I don't want to return to a normal that should have never been normal. And I feel that fear creep in. Because, you know, I am one person in the world who... I know I'm not alone because many other people are thinking about this, but I'm one person, so what can I actually do? And so when I talk about a check-in, one of the ways to check in is to feel what we're feeling in our body. And there's one way that you can do that. It's by doing a body scan, and I've talked about that in previous episodes. And if I can go back and find it, I'll link it in this, in the show notes. A body scan is a simple meditative device to check in with ourselves and with our bodies. You can do this a long way and, you know, you can get on any of those meditation apps and somebody can walk you through a long body scan. And I'm pretty sure I've done it on this podcast. But one of the things that I like to do, and it's a practice that I have, in the morning sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend with with you all that I am good at doing this all the time, but it is something that I have been doing on and off um, for the last week or so because I've been noticing some tension that I'm carrying in my jaw, um, and that's usually a good indicator to me that there's some stuff going on. So I don't do this every morning long form. I do a shorter way, which is to lay still because I'm already laying down. So why not just utilize the, the, the laying down pose? And then I simply check in with myself. And it is a powerful tool, not to overanalyze how we're feeling, but to simply say, okay, my jaw is tight right right now. I'm noticing that. Or my heart hurts. I'm noticing that. Or I've been having reoccurring stomach aches and I'm noticing that. And sometimes when we do this, it's as simple as saying, I'm just, just noticing it is, is, is enough. You don't have to do anything with it. I typically <laughs> am somebody that like needs to let it go because that helps me feel like I'm participating with my body. But 
but you do what feels good to you. So after I would, you know, scan, kind of taking stock of where I'm gripping or where things are tight or any pain that I feel, and then I would go back through again and, you know, say to my jaw, okay, let's let go of that tension now. I'm releasing the tension. Or I would say to my heart, it's okay to feel pain. It's okay to be grieving. I'm going to let go of that grief for this moment. And say to your belly, there might be some anxiety in there. Maybe there's some tension. I'm going to breathe and let go of that tension. If that feels good to you to do, it helps me. So, you know, it's quickly like, if you don't have a lot of time, you can do it in five minutes. But to just go from the top of your head, you know, check your head area, check, you know, your arms, your neck, chest, belly, back, lower back, butt, thighs, you know, all the way down to your feet. The next thing that we can do in a body scan is we can sit with that place. If we feel like we can, we can sit with that place and just maybe ask ourselves that inner wisdom piece that I've talked about before. Where is this coming from? If you feel safe to tell me inner wisdom, where this is coming from, then I can kind of notice it and then maybe pay more attention to it. So for instance, you know, if you're carrying stress somewhere in your body or pain somewhere in your body and you're pretty sure it's, you know, rooted in something other than, you know, you tripped and fell or you pulled a muscle, you're pretty sure it's connected to your emotions then creating that space for yourself to give your inner wisdom, your body permission to tell you, hey, you know, these interactions that you've been having, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to perform X, Y, and Z, or to perform without any flaws, or to never make a mistake. You are overthinking. All of this thinking that you're doing about possible worst case scenarios is causing you a lot of anxiety. And I, this is inner wisdom talking. And I realize that it's really difficult for you to let that go. But let's practice letting it go. So that's that's a relationship that I have with my inner wisdom which is that piece inside of me that still small voice that has my best interest at heart it has the best life for me it has the best way of being in the world for me and I practice listening to that now that said that doesn't mean that every time I check in it's easy like right now I've noticed this shift in me, which 
could be hormonal. Apparently, women in perimenopause can have body dysmorphia, increased anxiety, increased anger. So if you are a woman, it can start really young, ladies. It can start at in, 30, in, in your 30s, um, maybe even some women in their 20s. So it's a myth that it just happens when you're old. Um, but there's so many symptoms that your doctor won't even know are connected to perimenopause. So anyway, regardless, even if it is hormonal, it doesn't change the fact that I'm still feeling these things. And I want to notice them. And so I have noticed just in the last week an uptick of, I don't even know if I would call it anxiety, but just like, I guess I'm just going to call it anxiety for, you know, just for the sake of not having another word. Um, And I notice this in myself when I kind of, I get harder on myself. I hold myself to an unrealistic standard that I can't achieve. It's not even humanly possible for me to achieve it. And I'll catch myself in it. I'll catch myself in these dialogues in my head, probably with my inner critic, because I can't imagine my inner wisdom would would want to have these negative (laughs) conversations with me. But it's like, oh, you could do this, and you could do this, or you could do that, and why aren't you doing this? And you should be doing that. And why, why hadn't you thought about that? I mean, everybody else is thinking about that. And, you know, it's just kind of spiraling, kind of monkey mind. The other thing that happens to me is uh, I woke up in the middle of the night because I needed to go to the bathroom. And I try to avoid <laughs> going to the bathroom in the middle of the night because our cat always thinks it's dinner time because its food is in the bathroom. And so when you get up to go to the bathroom, then you have to deal with the cat whining at you while you're going to the bathroom. So I got up. I couldn't wait any longer. And it was like 2.30 in the morning. And the cat didn't come up. And the cat always comes up. And so then, you know... I did what I needed to do in the bathroom. I peed. And then I was panicking. I'm like, what if the cat, we have an indoor cat. What if the cat got out? The cat could be outside. And then I was like, okay, if the cat's outside, the cat's been outside now for at least two or three hours, there's nothing you can do about it. You can just hope for the best that the that our cat did not get attacked. And... <laughs> And then I went back to bed and I was like, there's nothing you can do about it. It's going to be totally fine. She's probably asleep in your in my daughter's room, just taking a break and just didn't bother to get up. But because that never happens, I had to talk myself down. And it sounds silly to me saying it out loud, but these are not things that I typically do. I typically can go, it's no big deal. I'll breathe through it, whatever. But when things are amped up inside of me, I can kind of, if I pay attention to it, which I'm very grateful, I'm sure I did this in my earlier years so obsessively, and I couldn't notice it, and I couldn't stop it. I would just feel nervous and scared and 
do the coping skills that I had taught myself, but still feel panicky. And I'm not saying that this will bring us a life of no panic, because I think things that happen to us get reactions, and that's okay. It's like, what do we do with our reactions? So when I notice these things, I want to create that container within myself that leans towards kindness. And full disclosure, I have not been very kind to myself. I'm trying. I'm trying to listen to the gentlest, kindest part of myself right now. And it's hard because I can't always do that. And it's harder, I notice, to do the kindness, to be the kindness to myself that I want to be, that I want to live out when I have an uptick in the anxiety. So it could be which came first, the chicken or the egg. I don't know. But what I'm guessing is that it has to do with the way the world is. You know, what's happening in Israel to the Palestinians, what's happening, access to vaccines, people forgetting what we've been through for the last two years and wanting to just almost like black out and pretend none of this has happened. And that, it, that makes me feel crazy because I can't do that. I have to like go slow. I'll, I'll do an archery workshop and it'll kind of take me a lot longer to come down from it. I'm excited to be with people. I'm excited to be teaching and watching people feel empowered and get empowered and learn something new and be excited about that. And then because of what we've been through and, you know, six to eight months of not doing it, it, it just is not, it's not going to be what it was before. And it shouldn't be what it was before. I don't want it to be what it was before. I loved it before. And if you would have asked me two years ago, there's no way I wouldn't have said, I want it to just keep getting better and better and better. And it's just going to keep getting better and better. And I don't want anything to change. But because it changed and I was forced to change with it, I have changed because of it. Because it happened and you were forced to change, you have changed. I don't want to go back to something that says, still keep producing, still keep performing, still keep looking your best, still keep plucking those eyebrows and dyeing that hair and shaving those legs and shoving yourself into too tight clothes or whatever it is, performing really performing for a culture or society or a way of being that could give two shits about us. I want to pump the brakes on that. I want to I want to create a more slow, caring, loving system. So when you check in with yourself, one of the ways you can do that is by doing the 5-minute body scan. And remember, you can do it either by just the scanning the body and letting it be what it is, because noticing is enough. Then you can do a second scan and 
ask those areas where you're holding tension or anxiety or pain or grief to let go. And last but not least, you can ask for revelation from your inner wisdom. You can ask, you know, what is, why is this happening? Um, Is there something that I need to pay attention to? Is there something that I need to be aware of? Is there something I need to be avoiding? Where can I lean into kindness here with myself? And if you don't get anything right away, one of the things that's happened to me before when I've done this is nothing's come. You know, like, I have to wait. And that doesn't mean I have to, you know, I'm checking in with myself every second. It just means that I have learned to trust myself that when I'm ready to see the thing, the thing will be revealed. Like, I trust my inner wisdom enough to reveal what it needs to be, what needs to be revealed when I need to notice it. And that sounds, as I'm saying it, that sounds kind of woo-woo because I'm realizing as I'm talking to you, there's so many areas where I don't see that, where I don't trust that. In this particular area, I do. But I also want to be transparent and say there's other areas, there are other areas where I just don't yet. I don't trust myself or I'm so uncomfortable in the tension of waiting to know, waiting to know what I should do, waiting to know the future that I just can't trust the voice in that moment. And if you're in that place, that is fair. It just, it is, it's where you're at. And beating ourselves up for where we're at doesn't help. I I mean, I know we're not going to stop, but it doesn't help. And I'm really working on that. And some days I do better than other days. And this has been, where that's concerned, this has been a harder week around that. The reason also checking in is so important when we're looking at our lives And we're saying, I don't want to return to the way it was. It might also be a good idea to journal with how it was. Where were you before this started? And you may feel like you were in a great place and you were making good money and you liked your job and you felt secure. That's great. Journal with it. I think... One of the things that I noticed when all of my um, archery things dried up, and I've talked about this on the podcast, this um, kind of darkness of soul hero's journey that I went on inside myself, because I had spent, you know, 10 years building my business. And right before the pandemic was the first time that I had made enough money to actually file taxes. And I didn't owe, but I had to file. And that was the moment that my mother-in-law had been saying, because I I worked at her tax office, and I would say, okay, should I start? What should I do? It wasn't that I wasn't filing. I joint file with my husband, but 
I never made enough money for any of it to matter. And right before the pandemic, I made enough money for the first time for it to start mattering. And she was like, okay, now, Angie, this is the time, you know, after 10 years of working on my spiritual direction business and the archery business, um, over 10 years. Um, and then everything dried up. And it wasn't about the money because we were in an okay place. It was about where I hung my value and I hung my value on some kind of mythological success that isn't really out there. And I've talked about it on here before and I, you know, because who defines success? I, nobody. I mean, culture, successful people. I mean, people that are making, because we, at least in the United States, we define success by how many followers you have or how many, how much money you make. That's not success as a human being. This is a new way of defining success probably in the last 200 years, I would guess, because most people before that were never even gonna achieve that. So that's not success. And I know that. But losing that took me to a place where I had to start really looking at what I wanted. What I wanted for myself. And there were a couple things where I got passed over for something. Um, I got forgotten, really. Um, I won't go into it, but it really hit that core message that the two on the Enneagram has that we just want to be loved and ultimately we feel unlovable. So there were all these things happening to me that really have changed me. And I don't want that to be wasted. And I don't want anything that you've gone through or reckoned inside yourself either by choice or by force to be wasted and it's not wasted you know even if you returned like somebody dropped you back two years ago um, with the knowledge that you have now it wouldn't be wasted I just have this real bent in me that I want to honor the sacrifices I want to honor the pain. I want to honor the struggle. I want to honor the agonizing. I want to honor the things that we are still moving through as people individually and as a society. Because when we don't take stock, when we don't reckon, we repeat. I'm going to say that again. When we don't take stock... And we don't reckon with ourselves and with our society. We repeat the same shit. So that is why we keep, why fascism is on the rise. Why, you know, the police still don't have the restrictions. They still have all of this power and they shouldn't. Because we take 
a tiny glimpse and then we're like, well, I, that's too big or that's enough. We'll throw some money at it. We'll throw, you know, a panel at it. Well, you know, whatever. I want to honor what I've gone through. I want to sit with myself and be thankful that I made it to this other side. And when we take stock, we do that. take stock in a in a couple different ways you can stay take stock by journaling like I suggest like I suggested you have a prompt it might be a little difficult in the beginning but you know you could do it over a cor- the course of a couple days for like 10 minutes where you just the prompt could be where was I really when the pandemic started or What was the reality of my life March, you know, two years ago or however long, however long it was? And then sit. And this is that first thought, best thought. There's no right answer. You're the only one that knows the answer. You're the only one that really knows where you were. What I would probably start with saying to myself, I would sit in silence with myself and think, where was I? March, the middle of March, I was beating myself up almost weekly because I didn't know, you know, I was killing myself to put posts up because people said that's what you have to do. You have to have a social media presence or people won't find you. And I was working a ton of hours for free for Airbnb because I thought there was some, you know, it would get me somewhere business wise. I was chastising myself because I felt like people know how to do things and I don't know how to do this. I do know how to hold space for people in traumatic moments in their life. I I do know how to teach archery and have magic happen in people, for people. I know how to do that. I know how to do my job well. I don't know how to promote myself well. And that was hurting me. I don't want to go back to hurting myself and have it also not produce anything. Because who decided that, who made the rule that we should decide somebody's expertise, skill, or whether they're safe or not by how many followers they have? I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. So I don't want to go back there. I want to be kinder, gentler, more loving to myself. The other thing that we do by going back and looking at where we were is we can also say we did what we knew how to do. We didn't know how to do, you know, X, Y, and Z, and now we do. And so we can do better. We can treat ourselves better. We can you know, advocate for others better. We can keep educating ourselves on racism and take action against racism and white supremacist policies. There are things that we can do because now we know better. That's what doing the journaling from where you were before can do for you. 
The other thing that you can do in the second half of that is you can say, where do I want to be? How do or how do I want to enter back into whatever the world is going to look like? And that might look for you or for me, I guess if I was doing it, it would look like continuing to do my self-study in the morning. I want to get up and read for an hour the books that I'm working on and not feel guilty about reading because I'm reading to be better at my job and I like it. I want to continue to spend time looking at that Doug fir tree in my backyard. I want to keep making medicine. I want to keep making gin. I want to go on more hikes. I want to not give a shit about how many people are following me and I want to only post what I feel like posting what I feel like would be a benefit to you or to anybody else that might see it I want to put out my book and I want to be proud of myself I want to not be so hard on myself for not being where I thought I would be or some nebulous place that I think that I should be That's what I'm talking about. We need to be kinder. When we are kinder with ourselves, we can be kinder with others. When we're gentler with ourselves, we can be gentler with others. When we are patient with ourselves, we can be more patient with others. When we have more gratitude in our lives, we let things roll off us easier it's it's who do we want to be going forward and I want to be more aware more still I want to be slower and what I mean by that is not rush because what I'm learning is a lot of that rushing that I feel where I make a mistake or forget something or break something is this thing that I have in me that's like ruled by time that there's not enough time there's there's never enough time to do the things you want to do won't you find them and that's not true there is enough time and that kind of comes from my childhood trauma of you know needing to be different and fit into molds that people had and the critic inside saying, you know, you're not enough. So wherever you are, however you're feeling about the way the world is changing right now, it's okay to be exactly where you're at. It's okay to be afraid to move back into a new rhythm And it's okay to be super excited. All I want for you is that you get to spend some time acknowledging the transformative work that you've done. Because a lot of times, because life moves so fast, even when we're in pandemic mode, we don't stop and notice our incremental changes that we've done, the boundaries that we've put up, the no's that we've said, the yeses that we've said, 
the ways that we've been kinder to our bodies, the ways that we've been out in nature more or giving more or whatever it is. And when we take these moments to check in, we get to celebrate ourselves the way we deserve to be celebrated. One of the things that I would recommend is when you're done that you reward yourself. Like do some kind of ritual, light a candle, have a nice piece of chocolate. I don't know what feels good to you, but seal that moment with something, some honoring, some beautiful thing that you did for yourself. You could also do this if you have a family or you're with your roommates. You could take one piece of this and see if others want to do it with you. And then you can share the things that you've learned about yourself and then they can share and that might build community or continuity in your house or if you're a parent um, help your children feel like you know because school was so weird they're not failing here's all the things that they did here's all the ways that they grew I hope this is meaningful to you like I say most weeks I cannot tell you how meaningful it is to me, I, you know, I started out not sure what I was going to talk about, feeling much like that crow on the power line, you know, stretching out a wing and then putting it back in and then stretching out another wing, putting it back in and standing up on one foot, just testing out the waters. And that's kind of what we're doing right now, returning to whatever we're returning to but talking with you all helps me it makes me feel not so alone on this journey and it makes me feel like there's other humans out there that are really thinking about similar things that I'm thinking about working towards a better more humane and loving world thank you for listening remember who you are You are worth knowing, you are worth loving, you are worth being in this world. Take care of yourself. Thanks. Before I go, um, I just want you to know that it means a lot to me that you listen. And I would love it if you would tell me what you think. If you would subscribe, share it out, rate it, review it. That's really meaningful. Also, any questions that you have for me, just shoot me an email at angiefatal at gmail.com. Also, if you are looking for a spiritual director, something that is similar to this podcast, but way less talking on my part, but somebody to hold space for you in deconstruction of faith, in trying to find a spiritual practice that feels good, and by spiritual practice, I do not mean related to God. I mean something that helps you connect to your world and outside of yourself in a meaningful way. 
you can reach out to me about that. Also, if you're interested in meditative archery or mindful archery, I do that too. And not just in Portland. I will be going to Colorado in October to resume my archery workshops after the pandemic hiatus. And hopefully going to Texas again, dates to be announced. Thank you. Take care.